Chapter 11 of the Boy Scouts Through the Big Timber. This is our LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kenneth Sergeant Gagan. The Boy Scouts Through the Big Timber by Herbert Carter. Chapter 11 Bumpus Stock Above Par. Same old cat again burst out Giraffe, and he was in the act of raising his gun to his shoulder this time, when Thad caught hold of it. Don't be silly, Giraffe, cried the patrol leader. But it is a cat, exclaimed the other, rubbing his eyes with the knuckles of one hand and looking again. Meanwhile, Stephen had cautiously advanced a pace or two, staring at the dangling object as though he did not know whether to really believe his eyes or not. Giraffe seeing him go on pushed to his side and when the two of them came close to the object that had gripped their attention they turned to exchange a dead cat said giraffe solemnly and hung up by the hind legs to that limb now who could have done that demanded stephen must have been the same old critter that tackled our poor chum bumpus back yonder some friendly forest ranger just happened along in the nick of time and used his rifle on the yowler. Here's where the bullet hit him, right in the heart, and Giraffe laid his finger on the wound. But say, here's where another caught him on the square of the head, and this hole shows where yet a third passed through his body. Why, he's been riddled, all shot to pieces. That's plain, Stephen declared positively, and the other two listened, not wanting to break in just yet. Buckshot, not a rifle bullet, ended the cat here. That's for sure, said Giraffe. And say, Bumpus is carrying a two-shot Marlin scattergun that uses buckshot cartridges, went on Stephen. They looked at each other again, and then once more eyed the swinging trophy of someone's kill. But it's silly to think of him knocking over a ferocious animal like this here cat, Giraffe ventured to say. I never saw a bigger one. He must have looked fierce enough. I tell you, when he was alive and could arch up his back and just growl in a way to make your blood run cold. Um, supposing you take a squint up there where the legs are tied to the limb of the tree, Giraffe, suggested Stephen, chuckling now with a new sense of humor. The tall scout craned his long neck the better to see. Jupiter says, that does look like it now. He admitted. That's what it is, sure enough, allowed Stephen. A piece cut from that rope Bumpus carries. You could see its braided sash cord, and to know that old rope among a thousand, he's done it. All right, Bumpus did. Giraffe whistled to indicate the extent of his amazement. Who'd ever think he had it in him? He observed, scratching his head as he stood there and gazing at the dangling wildcat. I reckon now he must have had the best luck ever when he just shut his eyes and pulled the trigger. This old cat must have wanted to commit suicide. Perhaps he just climbed up and looked into the muzzle of Bumpus's gun. You know better than that, Giraffe. He must have been some distance away or else the buckshot wouldn't have scattered as much as it did. I reckon. Now our fat chum is improving a heap. That was a great shot. Good for you, Stephen, Thad broke in to say. And take another look at the cat, will you? Tell me if you see anything strange about him. I imagine the one giraffe chased away was a mate to this. and must have been smelling at the body still when we came up. 
Stephen uttered a little cry and then remarked, "'Well, would you believe it? The old thing was a cripple. You can see he had only three paws. The half-four-paw is gone. Like it or not, it was bitten off in some fight he had long ago.' Are oh, you're wrong,' cried Giraffe. I leaned forward to examine the injury at closer quarters. There ain't any old hurt. The blood is as fresh as the rest, and I guess it only happened yesterday. Fine, go on, declared Thad, and the tall scout spurred him on by that word of commendation. To exert himself to the utmost was quick to continue. I could see the paw wasn't bitten off, nor yet shot away, he remarked. The cut is as clean as a whistle and I reckon only a sharp hunting knife would do the job like that. But what would Bumpus do to go and hack a paw off the old cat for? objected Stephen. Why, a trophy, silly, answered the other quickly. He just don't know how to skin the beast and hardly like the job of toting it all around with him. So you see, to convince the rest of us that he had really and truly knocked over Wildcat, he just took that paw along. "'How's that, Mr. Scoutmaster?' "'You hit the nail on the head that time, Giraffe,' answered Thad, pleased at the way the other had figured things out, for it proved that once aroused to do his best, the tall scout possessed the ability requiring for reading signs. And this was one of those things that Thad Brewster, as acting head of the troop, always tried to impress upon the minds of the scouts under him. "'Let every tub stand on its own bottom.' Learn to depend on yourself. Do your own thinking. Keep on the watch. And see all the wonderful things that are constantly happening around you in the great storehouse of nature. Be awake, active in a word. As the manual of the organization has it, be prepared. Giraffe and Stephen had been tremendously staggered by the knowledge that the stout comrade whom they always looked down as a weakling and called their tenderfoot pard, with such a tone of patronage, seemed to be actually waking up and doing things. It was not enough that he exhibit the nerve to go out in the search of a bear all by himself. There was that episode of the muck bed, for example, that sent Bumpus stock up a few points above par. It revealed the fact that, in an emergency, the fat boy could actually think for himself. Instead of allowing himself to get rattled after discovering that he was gripped fast in the tenacious mud, Bumpus had looked around and noticed that a convenient limb was above his head. Of course, he had stretched out his hands toward it, but vainly as they must have fallen short by two feet or more of reaching the limb. And then Bumpus remembered the fine rope he was carrying around his fat waist, under the conviction that it might come in handy some other time. Well, it did. Bumpus had drawn himself out of the mud and up to the friendly limb of the tree, though it surely must have been proven most severe tax on his untrained muscles. He was such a heavy weight, Giraffe admitted deep down in his mind, that he could not have done any better himself. And now here was the same blundering, awkward Bumpus actually knocking over a monstrous wildcat, one of the most ferocious animals roaming through the swamps adjoining the big timber belt. It was commencing to dawn upon the minds of those two boys that, beginning right now, they would have to revise their opinion of Bumpus. He hardly seemed to fit a candidate for the greenhorn grade of Scout. Really, there seemed to be some class to his work. He was putting up, 
that promised to raise him high in the estimation of his comrades. In fact, both of the boys who stood there examining the hanging bobcat were beginning to wonder what next Bumpus would do. Seems to be another feller, remarked Stephen. Right you are, Rob. I never would have believed he had it in him. Biggest surprise ever. Gosh, Stephen, it wouldn't take much to make me expect bigger things. You mean that if he keeps on going at this warm pace, Bumpus might even get his old bear yet. Who knows? Giraffe asserted. Thad and Allen noticed with considerable amusement and satisfaction that the boys no longer alluded to the lost comrade as poor old Bumpus or our tenderfoot pard. Their pity for the clumsy scout was fast changing into sincere admiration, respect, and surely Bumpus deserved it. A good lesson all around, eh, Thad? whispered Allen in the other's ear. Just what it is was the scoutmaster's reply in the same low tone. Bumpus is learning to depend on himself, Allen went on, and these boys have been taught to be more careful how they allow themselves to feel so superior to a comrade who happens to be slower about waking up. They won't forget this in a hurry. Sure they won't, added Allen. Come, boys, let's be going, Thad remarked aloud. I don't exactly like the looks of the sky over yonder where the breeze is coming out of. These words of the scoutmaster caused Giraffe and Stephen to turn and look back on them. So much engaged had they been in keeping tabs on the trail and scanning the woods on either side for a possible glimpse of Bumpus that neither of them had once bothered about looking at the heavens. Hence a great surprise awaited them. Wow! Did you ever see such blacker clouds? exclaimed Giraffe, apparently deeply impressed by what he had discovered. Looks like we might be in for a big storm, remarked Stephen, uneasily, for he never felt as brave as he might when the elements were battling with one another. But in order to disguise his timidity, he added, But then, as we ain't sugar or salt, I guess we won't melt. As they hurried along through the timber, still following the plain trail left by the lost scout, it might have been noticed that Allen and Thad really looked more serious than the other pair, and there was good reason for it, too. End of chapter 11 Recording by Kenneth Sergeant Gagan